Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's odds and end zones. A podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, we finally got the regular season win totals released from DraftKings Sportsbook late last week. Actually, it was over the weekend. And the Broncos come in at eight and a half wins. Now the, the key number for all of this is not the eight and a half wins, but what the line is for that eight and a half wins. And currently at DraftKings, the Broncos are at over minus one ten, under minus one ten. Oh, so the same. It's just the rake essentially what you're paying, right? Is that is that rake isn't the right word. That's that's a that's a poker term, right? Vig. Vig, thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I get them wrong. What are you gonna do? I get a, I get a lot wrong if you look at my uh, recent gambling. Um, I I did hit uh, on some of the uh, NCAA stuff, but I, I digress, which is crazy considering NCAA March Madness was insane this year. Uh, eight and a half sounds like a, the right number to me. If I was gonna, you know, just looking at what the Broncos did in 2022 versus what they could do and and those kinds of things. I think eight and a half sounds like a good number. Um, if Nathaniel Hackett was still the coach, I think it would be like three and a half. Obviously it's not. Uh, you have Sean Payton has come in and he's really gonna um, he's really gonna push this team hard, I think and and they're gonna get uh, better. I, I would probably even just looking at it just right now, not even thinking about opponents or anything like that. I think 
I would put them at nine wins personally. That's the optimistic sort of, uh, yeah, I think they could win nine games. So I might take the over there. I wouldn't start betting over under on wins right now, especially at minus one ten either way. Like where's the, where's the fun in that value doesn't really seem to be there. And we're kind of value guys when we talk about betting, but the number seems right to me. I don't see them as a, uh, a team that people are going to look at and go, Oh, that's a, that's an 11 win team, right? They're not looking at them like the chiefs or the, um, you know, or the Eagles or, or any of those, you know, Bengals, that kind of stuff. But I do think you can look at them and go at eight and a half. They have potential to, to be a good team this year. We just don't know what they are. So it's, it's more of a, a mystery than anything else, which is why I think eight and a half is the right number for me. And I said this when DraftKings released the win totals on Saturday, and others have said this in response to me. It, I agree with you. It's the right number. Eight and a half is the right number. Johnny Avello and and the other the other line makers got it right. For me, the problem is is that you can see them winning nine games. You could see them winning ten games, but you can also see them winning seven or eight. To me, that's just as likely as nine or ten. So I'm in that mode where. I trust Sean Payton. We talked about this last week. He is now, the last I looked, was at plus 900 to win coach of the year. So it's down from the plus 1,200 it was when we talked about it last week. Got my money in at the right time. So I, 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 I'm all, I, I do believe in Sean Payton. To me, it's all about Russell Wilson. And that's where the holdup is on whether or not this team is going to be as good as Sean Payton, Greg Penner, the Broncos, and Russell Wilson want to be. It's that okay. We know I I am all in on Sean Payton. Have been since he was hired. I was all in on Sean Payton last year when there was the possibility that he could come back, and everyone was like, "Yeah, he's going to want to go to the Chargers or the Cowboys." And then I got it fixated with Jim Harbaugh. But to me, it's all about. Russell Wilson. He he's going to be the one to dictate whether or not this is a 9 or 10 win team or a 7 or 8 win team. You bring up a really good point about Russell Wilson there too because I think when looking at Russell Wilson right now, what what really makes this team a 9 or 10 or 11 win team versus a 6 to 6 to 8 win team, right? That you can't win eight and a half games, ties don't count. But what makes what makes them the over versus the under is Russell Wilson, but it's Russell Wilson's ability to grasp what Sean Payton wants to do and his willingness to buy into what Sean Payton wants to do. Russell Wilson comes in with an ego. Russell Wilson came to the Denver Broncos with his own team, Team 3 or whatever you want to call it, and that clearly was something that Sean Payton wasn't a fan of. One of the first things he talked about with the media was how there weren't going to be any outside coaches. There weren't going to be any outside people in the Broncos organization. So whatever Russell Wilson did, as far as bringing in his own people, those people are gone now because Sean Payton's not going to let them in the building, which I like, but now you have to figure out is Russell Wilson going to be okay with that? Is Russell Wilson going to buy into that? Russell Wilson has his own ego, Sean Payton has an ego. He's got a big ego, and I think we all know why. He's earned that big ego. Some of it's been given to him, and some of it he's taken 
and that's fine. But he is someone who brings that with him everywhere he goes. And Russell Wilson's the same way. He's got his own ego. He's got his own success in the NFL. He's got his own sort of history that he can fall back on. Now is he willing to set that aside and go, okay, I did this in Seattle and this worked for me. I came to Denver and everything fell apart. They brought in this new guy who is a successful head coach in the NFL. Can I can I give up some of that um just just that that uh I guess I guess ego is the word I'm sort of stuck on here. Can I give some of that up and accept some of the uh the coaching and the 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 new rules that are put in place by this person? Or is it going to cause me to go even further into a dark place where I just am not the Russell Wilson of old? That's going to be on Russell Wilson. And you you brought up Russell Wilson, I think, at the perfect time there. Yeah, this is about Russell Wilson. And it's unfortunate that it's about Russell Wilson. But if it wasn't about Russell Wilson, we wouldn't be talking about Sean Payton as the head coach. We'd be talking about Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. And this team had a, a great season last year. That's not what happened, which is why Sean Payton is the head coach of the Denver Broncos and whatever happened in 2022 is dead to us. We, we just pretend it never happened. We ignore it all. We, you know, I was in a coma. That's, that's how I'm going to think of it. And I, I think the Broncos have done what they needed to do in free agency to get Russell Wilson, even more support on top of bringing in Sean Payton. They bring in, Ben Powers. They bring in Mike McGlinchey. They add some RGP Ryan as the running back to, to tag, hopefully, with Javante Williams. So they've done the, the most important part, which is get the offensive line figured out. And they got two really good offensive linemen. You're going to get Garrett Bowles back healthy, who I think will benefit from actually having one of the best guards in football playing next to him. So they've done their part to help him. And I think I do think Russell Wilson is going to be incredibly motivated. Not that he doesn't need to be. He's one of the most motivated athletes I've ever witnessed. I mean, he's just driven beyond belief. Now he's going to be even more driven because he's going to want to be able to work with the coach that he's wanted to work with for a while, going back to 2017, 18, when all of this started to come about. He's wanted to work with Sean Payton, and I think Sean Payton has wanted to work with Russell Wilson. So I think this is going to be something that benefits both of them, and they're going to get the most out of it. And having an offensive line in place now is going to help Russell Wilson even more. You know the defense is going to be there. They've added a guy who I think is going to be incredibly helpful and Zach Allen to not just help pressure the quarterback but help the run defense going to be a leader he's going to know that system that Vance Joseph wants to run so the pieces are in place now it's a matter of the of Russell Wilson doing it yeah and and don't forget they also added a punter in Riley Dixon so there's that as well I just I just like to make sure that we remember that they added a new punter again but it's an old punter everything old is new or whatever I don't know it's it's fine but uh you're right about that and then there's some other interesting you know Win totals here. Uh, you you read a couple off to me. Just looking at the AFC West, I wrote the I wrote these down. You'll have to remember the other ones because I don't remember or care. But the the AFC West, I I noticed obviously the Chiefs with the highest win total, eleven and a half. Chargers nine and a half. Raiders seven. That sounds about right. And a half. Is it seven and a half? 
Well, see, I, I don't get them all right. That's fine. I think that's too high on the Raiders. The Raiders should be at one or some junk like that. Uh, <laughs> God, I hate the Raiders. But not as much as I hate the Chiefs right now, uh, which is weird. 11 and a half is that's the right number for the Chiefs. Super Bowl champs. They're feeling yeah. good. I, I mean, that's that is a that is a, we've been saying this for years now. That is the target. The Broncos have a target and it's it's the Chiefs, unfortunately, and it's not an easy target. And it's so a, it's a big target. It's it's, it's massive. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's a massive target, it's not easy to hit. But I think it's going to help to have Sean Payton now. He'll be able to help hit that target. Well, he's equipped to hit a big target, I think. And that's something that uh, will we'll definitely. Or, or are out. we just going to go with the inside joke? Yeah, I'm just going to. All, all show long. If anybody can figure out what I'm talking about throughout the show and they want to leave a comment on whatever article it is I write that I post the show in, I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, that'd be great. And, and if they know what we're talking about, great. And if they don't, you know, that's, that's no big deal to me. Unlike for Sean Payton, I'm sure it's a real big deal for him and, uh, people close to him. So (laughs) it's going to definitely, his, his huge confidence is going to really help. I, I feel, but I feel like the chargers went total is right. I think nine and a half is a good number for the chargers. Yeah, I th- they're also a team that's I in am turmoil, surprised. Right? I think the rate. Yeah, because it sounds like Dean Spanos is trying to sell his uh, at least part a percentage of the team. Well, he's trying to get in on that. I mean, the NFL teams are going for billions of dollars now. I mean, it's a very successful organization that still can't determine what a catch is. So, uh, it, <laughs> I just I think foreshadowing a little foreshadowing there for you. But it is it is interesting to to note that they are at nine and a half, and I I look at them and I think you could take the over on them and that probably would be right. But there's Chargers going to Charger and they're going to screw it up in the playoffs anyway if they make the playoffs. So I, I I I have no confidence in them, right? I have very little confidence in them because of that. And that doesn't mean that I think the Broncos are going to have a better season than the Chargers. I'm not saying that, but I don't. I, I think we go into this every year. Is it Charger season? Have we reached? Chargers, I'm checking my watch here. It says it's March 29th. This is the day we're recording. Obviously, this will come out on the 30th. It's Charger season, right? We're, we're living in Charger season, but they might have to cut Keenan Allen. They might have to, you know, who knows what's happening with, with Austin Eckler. Do we know what's happening? Did I miss something? Just want to double check on that in the news there. We, I would love for the Broncos to get him, by the way. It would be fantastic. Bring him home, right? He's an Eaton boy. Bring him back to Colorado. He, he you know, did his schooling out in Colorado, so that would be fine. Scotty will kill us for that, by the way. Scotty hates it when people from Colorado get excited about homegrown talent. I think he despised Philip Lindsay simply because he was from Denver and it had nothing else to do with anything else. So, I, And I don't want to talk about Philip Lindsay, the player. He just hated him because he was from Colorado, which I think is a weird reason to hate somebody. So, <laughs> so, so good on you, Scotty. Scotty doesn't listen to this. He doesn't care. In terms of other teams in the AFC, some notable teams. The Bengals are tied with the Chiefs at 11 and a half. The Bills are at 10 and a half. Surprisingly, the Jacksonville Jaguars were at the same number as the Bills at 10 and a half. That's probably because of the division the Jaguars play in. The Jets are at nine and a half because of Aaron Rodgers. And the Miami Dolphins are at nine and a half. And surprisingly, on top of the Jaguars, the other interesting AFC total that stood out was the Browns at nine and a half. The Browns were horrible last year. They were bad. And I don't see that getting better. Me neither. 
That's you know that's an interesting one. I suppose uh, Deshaun Watson will be back and have a full off season with the team, and then actually a you know sort of a preseason regular. Like I, I suppose there won't be as much turmoil there. I I still it it just blows me away that Deshaun Watson has a job in the NFL after all of the allegations and everything. And I don't want to get into it. We've discussed it. I suppose uh you know the the court of public opinion has convicted him of all of his crimes whereas uh the 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 actual courts have their own system and so the NFL just follows that but it it is crazy to me that that he here's a guy that that has a job and we'll talk about in a little bit here a guy who should have one and is just I I just don't get it so but before we do that let's talk about the NFC as well cuz you bring up some interesting points with the AFC. I do find it surprising that ten and a half is the number for both the Bills and the Jaguars. Although you're right about division, but the Bills, I think, get hurt by the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to end up in their division. And if he does, great. And uh, if if he doesn't, great. I don't care. I couldn't care any less about what happens with Aaron Rodgers. So there's that. Yeah, I for in terms of the NFC, the the highest is the San Francisco 49ers at 11 and a half, so tied with the Bengals and the Chiefs. The Eagles are at 10 and a half, at least last I looked. I'm double checking just to double just to make up. The Eagles are still at 10 and a half. Cowboys are currently at 9 and a half. The Lions are at nine and a half. The Saints are at nine and a half, which is, I think, directly tied to Derek Carr. Interesting number for them. Derek Carr is a nine-win quarterback. Can can am I allowed to say that? I, just because we've seen Derek Carr as Bronco fans, we've seen him twice a year. Uh, at, you know, against the Broncos, and we, I mean, he's obviously a quarterback that gets. Uh, a lot of attention because he played for the Raiders. That's one of the you know big NFL franchises. Blah blah blah. Derek Carr is a nine. He's an he's an eight to ten win quarterback. I don't I I I don't see him ever being anything more than that. He's good. I don't I don't take anything away from Derek Carr. He's good, but he's not great. And he and he he doesn't necessarily make your team an elite team. He makes him a good team. Uh, I would put him on a lot of different teams and say that's that's going to be a good team because of him, but not a great team. He doesn't hurt you all that much either, though. So if you have a team that has a good defense, that has a good running game, that has, that does a lot of other things, Derek Carr's not a bad option at quarterback. And I feel okay saying that now that he's no longer in the division and he doesn't play for the Raiders, whereas last year I probably wouldn't have said that. And I think the reason the Saints are in that nine-and-a-half area isn't just because of Derek Carr but because of the division and that leads to an interesting total for the Carolina Panthers who will have the number one pick in the draft they just signed Adam Thielen they're at seven and a half the problem with that is if you go with the over it's minus 120 the under isn't much better it's at even money it's at plus 100 I would lean toward the under on that, but a lot of it will depend on how quickly 
Frank Reich and that offensive staff is able to get that rookie quarterback up to speed. So I, I would lean the under, but I also said last week that they could be a potential uh, Super Bowl bet just because of the value. Uh, so I, I'm torn. That's what, so if you want to do, if you want on a hedge, then we haven't talked enough about hedging your bets on this show. That's one way where you could hedge it. Where if you went with the the Panthers to win the Super Bowl, you could then hedge the under seven and a half, so both of your your bases are covered. It's a smart way to look at it, and you're right. We don't talk a lot about hedging. I you know, uh, I know that some people out there have systems that that they use for that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's mostly about making sure, obviously, that if you put a bet out over here, you've got a, a sort of a counterbalance, if you will. Uh, to that bet and you, you're certainly welcome to to do that in those ways and again just as a a quick aside here you know be safe with your gambling right be smart about it be be healthy about yes. it if you you know if you only only put money out there that uh you're comfortable putting out there everybody knows i'm a small time better i don't you know dollar here dollar there uh you you can attest i'll send you uh screenshots of my wins and it's like Adam Malnati bet a dollar to win ten dollars, and it's like, oh, that's a pretty big win for me because that's what I was willing to put up. Whereas if <laughs> don't don't get me wrong, I look at man, if I would have just bet a million dollars, I'd have ten million dollars, but I don't have a million dollars to bet. So there's that. But you bet what you're comfortable with, and be smart about it, and be safe about it. To steal a line from The Sopranos, bet with your head, not over it. Oh, it's such, a, and it is. It's such a good line. It's such a such a great line. Um. What were we talking about? <laughs> I think this this ties into we just got done with the league meetings in Phoenix and the NFL, you mentioned the catch rule, is now going to have two Thursday night games. Yay. Gosh. Why? I'm I hate Thursday. As 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 a fantasy football participant. Uh, you're not really playing fantasy football. You're sitting there watching. But as a, as a fantasy football participant, I hate Thursday night games. I always look to see if I've got players on Thursday night that are in my starting lineup that I can sit. Because, uh, you know, there, there are your untouchables, obviously, guys that you're not going to move around. But if you've got a flex player that's playing on Thursday, I'm not comfortable with it. I hate Thursday night football. And now you're going to double it up on me. And and poor, poor Al Michaels last season, you could just tell – how just despondent he was. I'll never forget uh, the the game when the when the Broncos were playing and they're going into overtime. The Colts and it was against the Colts. That's right. And everybody's leaving and and he just said, "Well, I think they've seen enough." His the response to to to, to the was just like, "Well, I think they've seen enough." This we had obviously, but Thursday night is such bad. Football. How many good Thursday night football games were there in 2022? Just go to 2022. One? Maybe there was one. I, I mean, why do we... I don't really remember. I guess my feeling on it is, and I don't understand this, why does the NFL feel the need to own Thursday night? It. It. I get it. Ratings, money, you're, you're suckling at the teat of Jeff money. Bezos. You want all that Amazon money. I get all that. But you've got a good product. Why would you water it down and make it look bad every Thursday night? Because it does. It's it's like taking, look, I've got this really cool thing over here, 
I'm gonna take a piece of it and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the, the the crappiest part of it and I'm gonna put it over here and I'm gonna make you watch it. I'm gonna and we will. I'll watch it. I'll watch every game on Thursday night. I'll watch both games because I'm an idiot. But it's I don't like it. I'll hate I'll hate watch it, right? I, I think the, you know the answer to this question. Everyone listening to this knows the answer to that question of why they want to do it because they can. And because enough is never enough. It's true. It's it's why the NFL when is now a to, year. To the 32 owners of the whole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, enough is never enough. They want the bag and then they want the bag that comes with the other bag. And they want to put that bag inside of a nicer bag. And then they want to take that bag and, and put it inside a nicer bag. And then they want to have another bag with another bag in it and more bags. That's why the NFL is a year round uh, sport now. That's why you have NFL network and you, you, you you can sort of set your calendar to it. Every month has something big that they play to. I mean, it is uh, it, it is a business that has has cre- it's a business model that has created billionaires and good for them that they were able to do that. But man, they water down their product, something fierce, just so they can have a Thursday night football game. I It, it blows me away. So I, I, I don't know what else. This is uh, this is. Here, here's a tangent to something that wasn't on your rundown. Oh, here we go. The Broncos, the Broncos did a survey of season ticket holders to ask about a new stadium. And I need to get this off of my chest. You'll agree with it. We've talked about this before. There was a thing in there about PSLs, which is basically making fans on top of their tickets funding their seats PSL for those and they're going to use know, that fund PSL stands for personal seat license is that right yes and they're going to use that to help pay for the stadium you have the richest owner in sports the people who freaking own Walmart and you're going to put PSLs in a stadium well, that's going to price out most of the fans going to Broncos games. So it's going to completely change Broncos country. I don't want to hear this organization ever talk about Broncos country again if you do PSLs. And then use that as a way to fund your vanity project so that you can get even more money. There should be absolutely no public funding for this stadium Fans should not have to pay for it with PSLs, especially when you talk about having the most, the richest, wealthiest, whatever, whatever way you want to describe the Walton Pinner group. If they're going to use public funds or PSLs to pay for this vanity project, that's it. What's the point of having the, the, the wealthiest owners in football if you're going to look for a handout? And I get it. That's what every single wealthy owner every single owner in the nfl does is look for a handout the bills are doing it in new york the titans are going to do it in nashville well and the threat is I, to I move just, right well move yeah we'll move we'll go away we'll go somewhere else that's what i mean that's essentially what stan Kroenke did with the rams he said you're not going to build me a new stadium i'm going to move to los angeles better market out there anyway I don't know. Did I don't know if SoFi has PSLs, but I I would assume they do. I would assume they 
do. Um, I know that most most new stadiums have PSLs. I know that I know that MetLife in in New Jersey has PSLs. I know that uh, Yankee Stadium, just to bring in other sports, has PSLs. I I, I know that, and it and it is something that is a, a problem with sports because it's owners who are in the top one percent of one percent when it comes to money, putting that sort and and. They make their money off of the fans. Let's let's be clear about this. They make their money off the fans because it's the fans that drive the ratings for TV that causes uh, owners to get all of this TV money because if you we're not watching football on TV, then NBC and CBS and ABC and ESPN and Fox and all and Amazon now and all of these stations and channels and places they're not going to pay the billions of dollars that they pay for the rights to show these games. So it's the fans that are driving this. And then it's the owners who are taking advantage of those fans by having terrible Thursday night games and PSLs on new stadiums and building these mega centers. I heard Rich Eisen talking about how gorgeous SoFi Stadium is. And I'm sure it's amazing. I've not been. I've seen pictures. I would love it. I would love it if the Broncos had a place like that. I would love it if the Denver Broncos had a place that rivaled a SoFi stadium that rivaled what the Raiders did in Las Vegas, that rivaled what Jerry Jones did down in Jerry world in Dallas or Arlington, I suppose that, that was a a mega place, right? I almost called it a mega church. What it kind of is because football is a bit of a religion in the United States, right? Football is a religion to people in the United States, but I hate that these mega churches and I'm, uh Oh, these mega churches build these massive institutions on the backs of their fans, of the people who carry them. And you're you're right. You're absolutely right. When when the Walton Penner group with with Rob Walton is one of the richest people in the history of the world, right? He's no Mansa Musa, but he's pretty rich. And Greg Penner and this ownership group with billions of dollars at their disposal, billions of dollars, when they can't just pony up one of those billions to say we're going to make the most amazing place ever and we're going to do this for our fans and it's going to generate revenue and and whatnot and they can't just just do it themselves it makes me crazy and here's the other thing i'm going to say about that and i I saw this stat the other day and this is what really angers me and it's it should it should anger every single person who doesn't have this kind of wealth and it's, it's about elon musk and it's not his fault that this is the money and this is the stat but essentially if you went back in time 8700 years and you took the money that Elon Musk had with you, and you paid $10,000 a day for 8,700 years, you would still be a billionaire today. That's how much money these billionaires have. And so you are absolutely correct to be angry when billionaires ask thousandaires and people who are living paycheck to paycheck and people who aren't even football fans when they ask for state funds through taxes to pay for these stadiums. Insanity. Insanity. But we do. We accept it. Why? Because what would we do if the Denver Broncos became the, shoot, I don't know, Wichita Broncos? I don't even know where they would go, to be honest. But, you know. Arkansas, since that's where Walmart's had. Ah, yes. Pirate Kansas. Sure, why not? So, 
it's a it is a it is a rant it is a rant worthy topic for us i think and you nailed it on the head i you're absolutely right it is it is infuriating and the worst part it's going to happen oh it'll happen or oh absolutely so we're and then on, so not only the win. not only will fans not only will fans pay for this with psls then we're going to have to pay for the infrastructure to make sure that people can get out there because everyone listening to this knows it's going to be out by the airport because that's the only place that you're going to be able to develop and get your little Broncos country, little world away from Denver, which you can't really call them the Denver Broncos anymore because you're going to be out in BFE Aurora, but we don't need to get into that. That's whatever. I mean, they're the New York York Giants and New York Jets. We're going to have to pay for the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And are they going to keep the tolls on E470? Because that's legitimately the only way that you can get out there where you're not going to be stuck in traffic on I-70. There's legitimately two ways to get to the to, to get out to DIA. E-470, I-70. There's no light rail. Buses, eh, hit and miss. I I just this this just I, I I don't like it. I will never like it. Put a roof on Empower Field, and you'll be able to host a Super Bowl. You'll be able to host a Final Four, which, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, the way that Colorado basketball fans showed out the first two rounds of the NCAA men's basketball tournament was impressive. So if you're able to get a Final Four here, it will be packed to the brim, obviously. But those are the two reasons why the Walton Pinner Group wants to have a new stadium, to host a Super Bowl, to host a Final Four. That's why they want a stadium. But we're going to have to pay with the PSLs as fans, and then as taxpayers, we're going to have to pay for the infrastructure because it's going to be a nightmare to get out to where DIA is at its current place on on E470. To to be fair... I will say this, not to sort of, you know, rain on your parade a little bit. They need better infrastructure heading out to DIA anyway. Every time we come, every time I come home, uh, you know, back to Colorado when we fly, I'm like, man, they really should have more stuff. <laughs> they need more. They need more stuff out here. I don't, I don't know what they need, but it's, they need more stuff. Like it's always, it's always been my thought. Like it is. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. So, but but you're right, and and I, I guess we. We will we will beat this dead horse over and over and over again until the stadium's built, and then and then what? Well, I guess I, I don't know. It doesn't affect my me, wife. So. Brought up a my wife brought up a great point. She saw something on the Twitter, and I love this idea. If you're going to build a new stadium, take advantage of where of your location and build it into the mountains like Red Rocks. Oh, see now that would be very cool. I don't know what the cost of a project like that would be or how. The, the concern with that, and I, I will I will point to this as well. Remember when the Avs had the Winter Classic at Air Force, and getting into the, they didn't have enough food. Talk about infrastructure. They didn't they didn't have they didn't have the roads. I think people were showing up in like the third period. There were people that didn't make it to the game because there was just no way to get to it. So you you have to make sure that there is uh, ample opportunity to get to the stadium, or or people are going to be real upset every Sunday. So there is. There is also that aspect of it, but it, you bring up a good point. I, I think it's really uh, something that we're going to have to keep our eye on and continue to talk about. Um, 
The other thing I wanted to, to jump into a little bit was uh, Eric Delala wrote a, an article for DenverBroncos.com or Broncos.com or whatever the website's called. And, and Delala does good work. I have no problem with him. I think he's, I think he's hit something on the head here. And uh, he, he brought up the, this idea that success for the Denver Broncos this year, and it was Greg Penner who really talked about it, uh, is not going to be measured necessarily in wins and losses, but in the culture change that you see with the Denver Broncos. And I, I believe we're starting to see that already. Whatever it is that Sean Payton is bringing to the table and, and you know, whatever sort of, you know, three-legged stance he's taking on, you know, on certain things like with Team 3 and other stuff, it, it is changing how things are done in the organization, in the locker room. You know, the ownership group is doing the same thing. And so it is important to recognize that culture shift and that culture change as the the way that this team comes back this is a franchise that has fallen off the face of the earth not that the earth is flat you flat earthers out there but fallen off the face of the earth and and it needs it needs to be picked up right it needs to be lifted up and the culture change is what will start that you start with a culture change you don't create a culture change through other means and that is that was a really interesting thing to hear Greg Penner say or to read. I didn't hear it. He, I read it. That it was about the culture first, and that everything else would come after that, and that everything else and and that could happen in one season. It could happen in three seasons. I don't know, but that adjustment or that shift in Broncos country away from the Joe Ellis years, who everybody who listens to this show knows we hate Joe Ellis, away from the Joe Ellis years and into the Walton Penner group and Sean Payton years is, is a great start. 100%. And I love the fact that Greg Penner is talking to Mike Shanahan to get his advice, to lean on him because everyone knows Joe Ellis had that weird dislike of Mike Shanahan and not wanting him around, not hiring his son, nixing that in the bud and then nixing the uh, the nixing of Elway bringing Shanahan back as the head coach a couple of years ago. So I I love the fact that you that you're bringing back a guy who knows football, who knows the Broncos, who knows this area, who knows this fan base, knows what this franchise is capable of, and was a part of at its at its peak. So the fact that Greg Penner is bringing that in and realizes that is excellent. It's a, it's a huge shift, and and I I really am excited to see what it does for this franchise, uh, the 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 franchise that we grew up with, right? And we grew up in that Pat Bowlen era where it was all about winning and it was all about family, and and when you listen to former players who knew Pat Bowlen talk about what he meant to the franchise. I'm not saying that that's what the Walton Penner group is going to bring necessarily, but that was a winning culture. That was a culture that demanded winning. It demanded uh, family. It demanded sort of that, uh, you know, that uh, local outreach that is, uh, again, very important. And, you know, we'll juxtapose that with our rant about PSLs and the new (laughs) new stadium and all that stuff. But that is something that... It may not be exactly like what Pat Bolin had when it comes to culture, but it, it should be a winning culture. 
And it hasn't been a winning culture for a very long time. I would even argue that prior to the 2015 season, when the Broncos last won a Super Bowl and last were in the playoffs, you could start to see cracks. And you could start to see that sort of, and, and a big part of that was Mr. B had Alzheimer's and there was a lot going on there uh, as far as uh, who was taking control of the franchise. And some of the stuff that went down there was not great, obviously, uh, a little underhanded, if you will. But the the shift back, the shift back to a winning culture is really what we're looking forward to. And that that to me was a great statement by Penner to come out and say, it's not about the wins and losses right now it's about changing the culture and and those things will come right the winning will come so really pleased to see that and the other aspect that we can finish on is this leads to finally get mike shanahan in the hall of fame how in the bloody hell did dick vermeil get into the hall of fame before mike shanahan no one listening to this and and even if you're a fan of dick vermeil you would not say that he should have gone into the hall of fame before mike shanahan are you effing crazy? Get Mike Shanahan in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest coaches in the history of football. His offense is still being used today. And in terms of the branch of coaches on his tree, almost all, there are so many of them that came from him. And he's a back-to-back Super Bowl champion coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.